All right, you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 4. Matthew 4 is, you know, when um, Jesus went into the wilderness and uh, 40 days and 40 nights and he fasted and was tempted by the enemy and uh, came through that. And then so he came and started his, his ministry. <clears throat> and this is what he says at the, uh, when he, uh, as he begins to preach. And from that time, Matthew 4, verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, something different happened when Jesus came to the earth. This is the um, son of God, son of man. He came and he, he changed everything. And with him came certain things. And, he's, and so he's saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is, is here. And he says, repent, and you've got to change your mind, change your attitude, change your ways to walk in this new kingdom. Um, I've said that we made re- repent a bad word. Um, it, it, you know, that's not a word we like to talk about, repent. It just sounds bad, you know. Uh, but it really just means to change. Matthew four seventeen message says this. This Isaiah prophesied sermon came to life in Galilee, the moment Jesus started preaching, he picked up where John left off. Change your life. That's what we're talking about here. Anybody here change their life? You different? I'm different. Got saved at 19. I mean, I am not the same guy I was years ago. Uh, change your life. God's kingdom is here. Now, Matthew used this uh, phrase, kingdom of heaven, over 30 times. And when you're talking about a kingdom, there's royal authority. We don't, again, in the U.S., we don't necessarily understand all that. Other countries know more about having a king, but there's royal authority. And, and in, in order for a kingdom to work, there has to be submission to the king. And so we've been talking about the last few week, weeks. Last week, I spent a lot of time about uh, the whole idea of Jesus being our Lord. And, and so when you're subject to the king, you're obedient to his, his, his commands, you're, you're following his lead, uh, you want what, what he, he wants, desires, you know, what he desires, that's what you desire. And when the subjects of the kingdom follow the king, things work. And, uh, and so we've been, been talking about the, uh, the global north, which is, you know, basically the West, the United States, uh, Europe, Australia, that area. Uh, and then the Global South, which we would consider like uh, South America, Africa, Asia. That there is tremendous movements of God happening in the Global South. And we in the Global North are not seeing the same results um, for a lot of reasons, which I've already shared in, in, in past sermons. But we can learn from them different keys and different principles and apply them here because and, and it's all based on the word and I believe have the same results. What's happening in other uh, countries, uh, specifically the global south, you know, there are movements of God, uh, revival, um, awakening, whatever you want to uh, call it, m- masses of people coming to Christ, uh, m- uh, thousands of you know, churches being formed. Um, disciples being made with, with, the, with the mindset of making other disciples. It, it, it's happening in, in the global south, and, and we don't hear about it in our news media, but we want to make sure we inform you and keep on talking about it because that's our brothers and sisters, and it's exciting. And, and what God is doing there, I mean, our, our pattern goes back to the book of Acts. That's what he wants to do here. Um, that's his heart. And uh, so I want to conclude this series on the kingdom of heaven today. We're going to kind of go in another direction, starting with the love feast next week and our anniversary as we go into the end of the year. And so I want to finish this up today. But if you have your Bibles, let's look at um, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. In the um, ancient Near East... When someone was, was said to be in the image of a god, that meant they were claiming to be in a, uh, a specific god's official representative. 
or regent on the earth. And by making that claim, it gave you the authority to rule in that God's name. Now, of course, uh, some image, obviously we know there's no power in that, but obviously there's demonic power. But they were representing that God in the image of that God, and so that gave them authority. So in, in that light, let's look at Genesis 1, verse 26. And then God said, let us make man in our image. In the image of of God, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And then with being in his image comes authority. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over living, every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, I don't understand why God set it up this way, why he just didn't make us robots just uh, to, to follow his, uh, automatically follow his command and follow his rule. I don't understand everything. But he chose man. He created man and and created it in his image, in his likeness, and gave that man dominion and authority on the earth. And it was authority derived from God that God delegated to man. And God, and he said to, to Adam and Eve, tend the earth. Now, his plan was to partner. He had a will. He had a plan for the earth, he had a vision, and man was to fulfill that vision, but God chose to work through his creation. And so, by doing that, he gave man authority, he gave man dominion, and then that dominion and authority was to lead to fruitfulness and multiplication. It wasn't to lead to decrease and to diminish or even just to maintain. And, and so this is, this is important for us to know today. Now we know Satan in the garden messed that up through sin, through uh, rebellion. Man lost his authority. And so when Jesus is coming and saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, there's a restoration of authority. There's a restoration of dominion. There's a restoration of fruitfulness and multiplication. There's, there's a, um, a, uh, a restoration of that partnership with God and God working through man. Now, we saw glimpses of it in the Old Testament, but it came to fulfillment in Jesus. Now, uh, we've been saying that uh, uh, one of the differences between the global south and the global north is that we've used our authority to advance our own personal kingdom, our own brand. Churches are using it for, you know, uh, their building, their kingdom. We, we do that as individuals. But, but uh, in the uh, global south, they're not about brand. They're not about a label. They're not about a, uh, uh, a title. I'm not saying everybody, but I mean the ones that are involved in a movement of God. They're about advancing the kingdom. And so we need to be kingdom-minded, kingdom-minded for the area that God has uh, placed us in, kingdom-minded concerning the world. And I think what's happened is we've used our authority just for our own needs to be met, for us to be healed. And I, and I, I desire for you to be healed. We need these bodies to operate in this earth. But we've used that authority for us to be blessed financially. I want you to be blessed financially. We need resources to live in this world. Or use this authority just for protection of our family. And, I, and again, I want you to be safe. I want you to live a long, satisfied life. But uh, there's a higher purpose for this authority and dominion that he's given us. And God needs in this hour, and other people in other parts of the world have realized that 
God is needing people to work with him to bring heaven on earth. Our Father who art in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he's wanting to bring, obviously, heaven down to your home. But as his representatives, you know, 2 Corinthians 5 says that we're ambassadors for Christ. We're Christ's representative. We're in his image. We represent him. We are his ambassadors. And so we've got to be kingdom-minded. We need to, to be thinking bigger about what the purpose of this authority and this power that we have. And because he's needing, if, 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 if we're going to have a movement of God in the Augusta area, the believers, not just a few people, the believers are going to have to rise up and walk in their God-given authority and be who they were made to be and represent Jesus. And so I'm, I'm, I'm asking the people of Good News Church, we're not the only ones here in this area doing anything for God, but I certainly, I hope you feel that same way, I want us to be right in the middle of what God's doing in this area. I want to be a part of it. I want to work with other ministries and work with other believers to reach our area. So I guess I'm asking you to, to come on up higher. Yes, have your needs met. Yes, be healed. Yes, have the blessings of God flowing in your home. Yes, be protected. But also, we want that for others. That, that's, uh, that's God's heart. And, and it's amazing. And so what I've been really been thinking about this for a long time. You, you know, if you've ever had your car aligned, alignment for your, your tires, you know, what happens is your, your car starts drifting one way or the other. And you could be out of alignment. And, and it can get to the point where it's, it's more and more dangerous for you and your health if you keep letting it be out of alignment. So you take it in. I don't know exactly how they do it. I don't really care. I just align it. And I just know when I get back in there, it's driving better. And I think that if we'll begin to align ourselves more with God's purposes and God's plan, we're going to be, it's all going to start flowing better. Your household, your finances, your health, your relationships, you're going to be in alignment that's the place to be. That's the place, you know, we talk about the open windows of heaven. But we realize we're not being selfish with it. It's not just about us and our families. Um, it's about reaching others and, and touching people for the kingdom. <coughs> what does the king want for our, for our area? Jesus, what does he want? God, what does he want? 1 Timothy 2 makes it very clear. Verse 3, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men, all women, to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. The message uh, paraphrase says this, He wants not only us, but everyone saved. You know, everyone to get to know the truth we've learned. So if you want to be in alignment with God, he's the king, he's our Lord, we want to be in alignment with him, then our heart's desire should be everyone to be saved, everyone to learn what we've learned. And that, that ought to be, if it's a priority with him, it should be a priority with us. Now, when you work for a company... I hope this is, you know, the way that you work. If you're working, you have a boss. I hope you're working for their, the company's priorities and not doing your own thing. I mean, that's uh, rebellion. That's division. You know, that's not going to be, produce good results in the company. Now, it, it, by fulfilling the priorities of the company, I think you'll be blessed. But it's the same. And so we need to have God's heart, God's perspective, and and stop being so small-minded and seeing what he's wanting to do. He wants everyone in this area to be saved. When you go to the restaurant today, 
He wants every person there saved. When you walk in your neighborhood, he wants all of those households saved. When you go to Walmart or Costco or Target or wherever you go, he wants all those people to be saved. When you're at school, he wants all those people saved. That's his heart's desire. And you can just lose sight of that by the busyness of the world. What does Mark 4 say? The cares of the world, the lust for other things, deceitfulness of riches. All of those strangle the word or strangle God's heart. And I think uh, part of the reason that we're dealing with um, uh, not having more movements in the United States is uh, busyness. We're so busy. And the other thing is materialism. I mean, in other places, they don't have what we have. They're believing God, maybe for meals, believing God for a lot of things that we take for granted here, transportation, clothing, housing, all of these different things. We just take all that for granted as a, as a given right to be an, as an American. And, and so what, what, what do we need? And, and we don't have that desperation, so to speak. And so comfort... And we all want to be more comfortable, right? And, and the marketers are making it so, I mean, every little thing to make it easy. I mean, so uh, they want to take it so far as they, they want your cars to drive for you. Everything's getting faster. Everything being done on your phone. All the different things. And, and so what is it all about? It's so I can be more comfortable, but if we're going to be more comfortable, where's all this leisure time we're supposed to have? Where's all this time for leisure, music, reading, strolling in the park, getting together with people? It, it, it's all a fantasy. And so comfort is the enemy of a movement. Comfort is the enemy of the plan of God and and to get you comfortable. You don't need anything. Why do you need God? So we, I mean, we're, we're up against the wall here. We're not uh, flourishing as a church overall. And, and because we, we're not desperate. We've got it all. We've got it, uh, you know. I mean, to have a building like this, I've been to other nations. I've, I've preached in slums where, I mean, I'm preaching and you can see dogs and just trash everywhere out the window. This is like a palace. And, and we here, we, don't, we take it all for granted. It's like a given right to have our building and to have all this stuff. I mean, I mean this sound system we have, one of the... I mean, all the different... And so just maybe, maybe we've gotten fat and sassy. We've gotten fat and sassy, and we've made it all about us and how blessed we are. Because that's the American dream. But what about God's dream? And, and you know, and we say this, you know, when I get a million dollars... I'm going to do all this for the kingdom. It's not going to happen if you're not doing anything now. Certainly when you get a million dollars, because out of the abundance of your heart and your mouth speaks, the way you are now is the way you'll be with a million dollars. If you can't handle what you have now, you're not going to handle that. It doesn't matter to God. I mean, as far as the amount that you're giving, it, it, it's, it's the obedience, it's the willingness, it's the heart, it's being generous. Y'all hearing me today? Are you ready just for me to move on to another series? I am, I'm ending it today, but man, I got to get it all, all the last things in. I mean, we got our, our recliners. Oh, man, they got some nice recliners. Hey, uh, you know, look at them. They can massage me. 
I mean, if we can work out where a recliner will feed me, I mean, we've got something going there. How much would you pay for that? We've got things that will vacuum your house for you. All these different things. And then, but, but are we any more at peace? Any more joy in our homes? It's all an illusion. It's all, it's the, it's the marketers. And we, uh, uh, we're more influenced by the marketers than we are by the Bible. Ouch. Ooh. Why? Because the television will tell you its vision. We're spending more time in front of the television. You see, am I being sweet? Susan and I, a lot of times when we're preaching, I was doing this for her on the other Wednesday night because when we look at each other, because we're, we're trying to be on the sunny side. And so what we'll do is like, when I look at her, she's like, I was doing, she wouldn't look at me the other Wednesday. I was doing, I was about to go like, she never looked at me. And I told her so after the service. <laughs> Jerry Trousdale writes in his book, Kingdom Unleashed. He says this, Prayer is the lifeblood of movements. The church in the global north does not rely on prayer. And if behavior is any indication, it does not believe in it either. If we're going to see movements in the global north, we will need to see a new, ongoing commitment to serious, intense, persistent prayer. When we're talking about prayer, it's really exercising your authority or exercising what God desires in his word and through the Holy Spirit and speaking it into the earth, the the kingdom of heaven on, on earth. We will need to see a new, ongoing commitment to serious, intense, persistent prayer for God to open heaven, to raise up disciple makers and church planners, to guide us to people of peace, which are key influencers that, that uh, are in this city, in this area, and to empower our work. Without this, there will be no movements, and the church will continue its slow decline into irrelevance in the global North culture. Now, I am not accepting this. I am not accepting decline. It's not acceptable to me. And uh, I am doing all in my power to make a change in this church and in our lives and in this area. But I'm not accepting that. And, I'm, and until I go to heaven, that's my mentality. I, I uh, want to see Jesus come in my generation. Again, it's not about me and my will, but I want to live my life that way to see him come in our, in our lives. But if not, I'm going to run my race. And uh, for whatever reason, he's placed me as a leader. And so I'm just saying to this church, it's not acceptable uh, to be in a city or an area where the, the kingdom is declining or where we're not having impact. Certainly when we have scriptures like James 5. James 5, let's look at verse 16. Amplified. Says this, Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Now listen. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. Are we righteous? Are we righteous? How do we know we're righteous? Because the word tells us, right? 
2 Corinthians 5, Romans 5, other, other places, we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm being sweet. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. I'm not going to say that either. I'm being sweet. (laughs) Staying focused. (laughs) Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have, with feelings and affections and a constitution like ours. And he prayed earnestly for it not to rain. And no rain fell on the earth for three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and the heavens supplied rain, and the land produced its crops as usual. Now we're talking about Elijah, who was not a spirit-filled man, like we are under the new covenant. The spirit of God came upon him, the, the prophet, the priest, and the king. He's operating under the old covenant. And look at the kind of authority he has. But what kind of authority then do we have in prayer as, as in, uh, in the image and likeness of God made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus under the new covenant filled with the spirit of God? Not only do we subject to the king, but the king is in us through the Holy Spirit, lives in us, and then comes on us. But I, but I like this. I don't even know if you know what this means. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power of, uh, available, dynamic in its working. We've been given authority. We have a voice. I'm talking about not just a leader, but every believer. You have a voice. You've been given authority. And through your words, you can change things. Call those things that are not as though they were. Now let's look at Mark 11. Mark 11, verse 22. But now I want you to think about, as we're, as we're reading these verses, think about the plan of God. Think about the kingdom of God. Don't just think about your personal needs. Think bigger. Open up your eyes and think bigger. Mark 11, verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. <coughs> For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, you will have them. We can move mountains, guys. What's the hindrances to God moving in this area? We can move You can move those mountains. We've been given authority to do that, but we've got to speak. And then let's move move that mountain out of the way, but then call in heaven. Call in his will. Call in what he desires. There, in that area where the mountain's been moved. We have that authority. We have that power. We have that right. You do. You have it. Say, I have that. I have authority. God's given me authority. My words are filled with power. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I'm his representative. I speak for him. And when I speak, it's like Jesus speaking. We just got to renew our minds. We've got to renew our minds, and if you renew your mind, you're going to be over in 1 Corinthians 13 and get into the love of God, and you start realizing this life is not about me. Paul said, I don't know whether I should leave or I should remain, 
but if I remain, it's because it'll be to your benefit. It's so that I can bear fruit for the kingdom. And bearing fruit for the kingdom is not driving a new car or living in a bigger house or having two houses. That's all good. And, and all those things, it's fine. But it, the, the, the bigger picture is about what the king wants to do in the area. And Jesus died so the world would be saved. And so that all would come to the knowledge of the truth. That's his heart. And so Mark 11, it's a, these are kingdom verses. And you know, um, in these areas where they're having movements, now th- this is going to be uh, convicting. Many of the believers are praying two hours a day. Now, they, <laughs> in some places, I mean, they're, they're living some hard lives. I mean, some people, I mean, to get somewhere to walk, walking miles or all the things they got to do, praying two hours a day. Now, with all this comfort we have and all this leisure we have by all our technology, how many minutes a day are we praying? I'm talking, I'm not praying two hours a day. And I'm a pastor. I just sit home and eat grapes all day. We play golf all the time. You know, we have angels feed us grapes. I mean, I just, I just live this life of leisure. Now, I'm not praying. I'm, so I'm just saying, I'm just saying, but because I mean, we say we want revival. We want a movement of God. But I mean, I just, I don't know if we're willing to pay the price. I just think we've gotten soft. I think we kind of, we've, we've lost the edge. And I don't think we're desperate. And we kind of, every once in a while, we'll get excited about things. But I just think overall, we're, we're, I don't know if we're just hungry for what God wants, desiring what he wants. I think we're, we're, we're more like the world than we would admit. And in the things of the world... And, and, and I'm, t- I'm, you know, some of my best sermons are when I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to myself today, guys. All right. I know you're just ready to get out of here. Last verses here. Let's go to Acts four. Acts four. I'm starting start in verse 23, and we're talking about really um, the first corporate prayer of the, the New Testament. And, well, not really, but, I mean, what, the first corporate prayer that's recorded, put it that way, because they, they were praying, you know, before Pentecost and all that, and certainly other times. But this is the recorded prayer, and the situation was, you know, uh, Peter and John, they go to the gate called Beautiful, or they're, you know, they're going to, to prayer, and there's a lame man at the gate called Beautiful, and, you know, the silver and gold I don't have, you know, in the name of Jesus, rise up, and he's healed. And it causes a big commotion and opens the door for the gospel to be preached, and then 5,000 are saved, and, uh, of course, the religious leaders are upset with that, the, the Sadducees, and uh, so they put Peter and John in whatever kind of holding area, hold them overnight, the next day, they threaten them. They, they, they don't feel that they can do any more punishment because later on they, they beat them and other kind of things happen. But they didn't this time because a notable miracle has been done. And so they're afraid of what the people might do. So they just severely threaten them. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever been threatened maybe by the government or somebody. I mean, it affects you. I mean, you're like wondering what's going to happen if I continue the way I'm going, what's, you know, what's going to happen here? So it's not like, oh, well, just, uh, you know, uh, they didn't care. It, 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 it bothered them. It affected them. And so let's go to uh, verse 23. Now, <coughs> if it had been us and something like that would happen, I would have come to Eddie and said, Eddie, will you pray for me? I'm going through this trial. Help me here. 
it had been all about me. You know, my life's in danger. But look at how the early church, because these are kingdom-minded people. Let's look at how they responded to the whole thing. And being let go, they went to their own companions. Uh, you know, I tell you, we need a group of people that are our companions, spiritual companions. We need people that are like-minded faith, that we call our, our home, our family, that we can go to in times of crisis, good times, bad times. And I just think um, uh, more and more people are getting isolated, more and more offense, more and more whatever. Uh, but we need our companions more than ever. And being let go, they went to their own companions, reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard that, they raised their voice. Their voice. So together, they went to, to God. Ray, the Lord, you are God. He's the ruler of this kingdom. You are God who made heaven and earth. He's the creator of heaven and earth. And, and so, you know, it's a submission. It's looking to him to, for the answers. Who made heaven and earth and the sea and all is in them. And who by the mouth of your servant David said, Why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. And this is really powerful because their threats, their persecution, they look to God and they know victory is ours. They know whatever the enemy tries, God's got something greater. Whatever he tries in this city, whatever he tries to do to stop us, the power greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. As long as we don't give up, as long as we don't uh, quit, as long as we don't come into agreement with the enemy, we will see victory. And so look at what they prayed. It's not a selfish prayer. It's not about me. It's not about my protection. Look at what they pray. And see, this is kingdom being kingdom-minded. And we need to begin to read the Word of God with a kingdom advancement perspective. And, and, not, and again, your needs will be met. But we read it so many times about me and about me being blessed. Let's start reading a little bigger picture about what does God want to do in our area. Now, Lord, look on their threats. And grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal. And that they don't, they don't they don't pray about protection. Nothing about the threats. It's about what God wants to do in that area. All boldness they may speak your word, stretching out your hand to heal. The signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. That needs to be us. Filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking the word with boldness, being Christ's ambassadors wherever we go, spending time in prayer, taking the word of God on purpose and speaking it out over this city praying for the laborers. But I, my, one of my prayers for you today is I pray that this desperation will come back. That maybe you had at one time. Maybe you've never had it. But a desperation and a passion for the things of God to be manifested in this area. That we will be desperate to see God touch our nation, our state, our city, our neighborhood that our hearts would be so aligned with his, we'd be desperate to see family members saved, desperate to see uh, friends come to Christ, co-workers, neighbors, and not only come to Christ, but to be followers of Christ, to be disciples of Christ. That we would be desperate to see the miraculous, 
happen in our area. Desperate, and it doesn't have to happen through me, but desperate to see signs, wonders, and miracles. That's what they prayed about in, in Acts 4. And then desperate to see what they had in the book of Acts, to see it manifested here. I'm telling you, when, when we, and, and, and I can't speak for everybody, but, but I tell you, when, it, when, it, when we have more of us have that mentality, we're going to begin, to begin to see some. And God's been good. We've seen a lot of things. 24 years, you know what I'm talking about, Bill. We've seen a lot of things, a lot of miracles. But I don't think we've seen anything yet. I think we just scratched the surface of what he wants to do, of what he wants to do in this city. And I want good news, church, to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of it. Have some passion. To have some passion more than just a football game. To have some passion more, and I want you to be blessed, but then when, more than when you get the big check. Did you know when someone gets saved and, and, and comes to God, all of heaven rejoices. I don't think we're aligned with heaven. I think, I think we've, we've, we've mingled so much with the world and we've learned their ways and it's become a trap to us. Now, uh, our leadership here, we're making changes. We don't have it all down. We're, you know, we're not perfect, but we're making changes here. And, and everything is, everything that we're doing to the best of our ability is based on the word not following any any man based on the word of God based on the Holy Spirit based on prayer based on what he's saying to us and we're making changes and the purpose of the changes is alignment alignment to that open heaven and to be in the position and I can't make a movement happen here, just like in the book of Acts. Those people didn't make it happen. God did that. But they certainly were in alignment. They were in position to be used by him. And I want every one of us to be in position. And if, and if, and if we've gotten selfish, and if we've gotten lazy, if we've gotten, you know, whatever place we're in, let's start making some changes. Let's start praying for each other. Let's start encouraging each other. And then uh, I want you in your, you, you know, uh, start increasing your prayer time. <laughs> if you're not praying at all, how about five minutes a day? I mean, you could do that driving somewhere. If, you, if you're praying a half an hour, how about we bump it up to an hour? If you're praying 10 minutes, bump it up to 20 minutes. And it's not about... Um, you know, the, the amount of time, I mean, but about, it's about what God wants to do. And as you begin to, you start getting, what happens is, as you begin to pray more, you want to pray more. And, and, and you know, like when you're exercising, when you're exercising, you don't always feel it, but you want to exercise more. Your body is like saying, it's, it's not saying, you know, it's saying, come on. It's trying to get, I want to work out. It was the same way with prayer. You just, once you start praying, and then when you start seeing results, it want, you want to pray more. Let's stand, everybody. Thank you, Lord. I mean, I, I, I could see us, I could see us doing some all-night prayer. There's a group of uh, people called the Moravians, big missions group from, from hundreds of years ago. They started a hundred-year prayer chain. In their group, they had someone praying every hour of every day, every week, every year, for a hundred years for God to move. And, they, and God moved in a significant way. 
really the beginning of missions in the world came through this group of people praying. I'm challenging you. I hope, I'm, I, hope I didn't condemn you today. I, I'm not, that's not my, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to condemn anybody. I'm just challenging you to, to, to live at a higher level. And for us to come together, you know, it talked about in Acts about one accord, us being for each other. You're my brother. And then I just met you, but you're my 90-something-year-old brother. We're for each other. Let's help each other. Brothers and sisters in Christ. And you know what? You can have a bond with someone that's not your family. Strong, I mean, stronger than family because of that connection in Christ. And if we can come together, oh my goodness, then if we come together with the right priorities, we're talking book of Acts. But the book of Acts is just the, the standard. He, he, he's wanting us to go beyond that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's just give him praise right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Uh, Mike and Claire, come on up here. Come on, Susie. Hallelujah. Uh, this, this trip to California is significant. And, and it's, it's more than you even know. I mean, I know you have certain expectations and some kind of plans. But this is a significant trip. The Lord is going to speak to you about what's next. He's going to show you some things in the future. And I don't know why you have to go to another location for that to happen. But he's going to speak to you. He's going to show you things to come. And the enemy, whatever he tries, you just laugh at him. If he tries to stop you in any way, you just know he's already defeated already defeated and so I just thank you Father right now in the name of Jesus I just thank you for Mike and Claire just thank you Father for what's next uh, showing them clearly I just thank you for your favor upon them I just thank you for open doors of ministry and all that you intend to happen on this missions trip shall come to pass and I just pray just for this whole Netzler clan here for breakthroughs, moving forward as a family, walking in that calling that you got, he's called you to in a, a greater way and greater influence for the kingdom and impact for the kingdom and fruitfulness and multiplication. And so I think, just thank you for it. The enemy can't stop this. Oh, I thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. You got anything? Hallelujah. Praise Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And uh, uh, Billy, uh, during worship time, the Lord is just talking to me about you and talking about expansion of your ministry. I don't know what that means. I don't know what's on your heart. We haven't talked. But I just thank you that, uh, for that expansion. Uh, the, the, the timing is now. It's a time of transition, a time of change. But the Lord's got expanding. The Lord's got uh, greater influence, the great, uh, greater purpose, and uh, giving you plans and strategies and ideas. So we just thank you for that, Father. We just speak it in the name of Jesus. Those next steps. It's important, Billy. Those next steps is important in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you for uh, Hallelujah. Same same thing here for uh, the tillers, and it's, it's not just Tom and Rhonda, but uh, expansion, um, moving forward in a significant way. Um, and again, it's all about kingdom business, but showing you things, revelation, ideas, strategies, next steps. Uh, and I thank you. Thank you for it. Alignment. Alignment with his plans and purposes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You got anything, Susie? Let's play for Nate and Kristen right now. 
Father, uh, you know, talking to Nate last week, I know it's been, a, it's been a tough one. It's been hard to make a change like that. But we just pray for them right now for wisdom, for peace, for provision, for next steps, strategies, plans, and ideas, favor in that community. They've launched out in the deep to let down their nets for a huge catch of fish. May they flourish and multiply and thrive in Colombia. We declared in the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against them shall prosper. You encourage them, you strengthen them right now. Jesus' name. Now let's pray for our city. Lord, we align ourselves with you right now. Father, you desire all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We declare that today. All saved, all coming to the knowledge of the truth. Churches being raised up. Disciple uh, makers being raised up. Those being saved are discipled, becoming disciple makers. Lord, we thank you for those people of peace in this area. I thank you for divine appointments, divine connections. They find us and we find them. And mountains of racism and mountains of religion and mountains of comfort and mountains of apathy, we we cast you out of the way right now in the name of Jesus. And we call in a fire of God in this city like never before, that the people of God stirred up like never before. And we declare and thank you for a movement of the Holy Spirit in this area. We declare it, we speak it in the name of Jesus. Signs and wonders and miracles. And for it to spread from Augusta and beyond Georgia and South Carolina, the United States, Canada, Mexico, all throughout the earth. And Lord, help us to partner with other folks in this area. Let us work together like never before. May there be unity of the churches, collaboration, helping each other. This selfishness, this territorial attitude of churches in this area, that's got to go in the name of Jesus. May the leaders of these ministries, may we be kingdom-minded to advance the kingdom. We want the kingdom of heaven in manifestation. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I pray for the people today, specifically the people here, those watching by live streaming. I speak over you boldness. I speak over you boldness in the name of Jesus to step out of your comfort zone to that next level that God has for you. Bold in ministry, bold in speech, bold in action, bold in generosity, bold in prayer. For boldness. They will stretch forth your hand to heal. And signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.